All right, welcome back to another edition of Locked On Sunbelt, your team every day. I'm your host, Dave Schultz. I host Afternoons on Sports Radio 105.5 WNSP in Mobile, covering the South Alabama Jaguars. And prior to that, hosting Mornings on 103.7 The Game, covering the Louisiana Raging Cajuns in Lafayette, Louisiana. On today's show, we will discuss the JMU uh, Dukes. They got a chance to win the East, although they can't go to a bowl game. Uh, They got a chance to uh, finish up strong after a little bit of a stumble. And of course, with that uh, comes the possibility that their coach, Kurt Signetti, may move on. We will welcome in the voice of the JMU Dukes. He is Dave Reichert. Dave, this is basically JMU's bowl game. They must be uh, looking forward to this game all season long. Yeah, they have, especially with what happened the last couple of weeks with the comeback win last week over Georgia State. They got the win a couple of weeks ago as well. Um, so they, they've kind of gotten back on track after losing three consecutive football games. And obviously they got ranked in the top 25 after their 5-0 and start. They had an injury to Todd Santeo, their quarterback, and had some had some trials and tribulations. Um, had the three consecutive losses, the, long, the loss to Georgia Southern, Marshall, and then Louisville. But they've bounced back in a pretty impressive way. Uh, played well at ODU. Um, and, and, and Todd Santeo... I think is back close to 100%. Um, he, he, he's been sensational. I guess ODU in the first half, he completed all 11 passes. Last week, he completed all 15 passes. Uh, he's been sensational. He, he's, he's completing over 80% of his passes the last two weeks. He had four touchdowns last week in that victory um, over Georgia State in the comeback win. So they're kind of clicking on all cylinders again, kind of like they were early in the season. So after some a little bit of a lull in the in the middle of the season, they're kind of they're, they're finishing the season the right way. And there's a lot on the line this week. I know Coach Signetti during his press conference last night, he talked about, a lot about, hey, we're playing to, to be the best team in the East. If we win, yeah, technically we won't be the East champs, but we will have, I mean, they will be. They'll, they'll be the, the East champs essentially. They just won't play in the Sunbelt title game. So there's a lot in the line for both teams. Oh, they're going to go all U- UCF. They're going to they're gonna be, if they beat Coastal, <laughs> they, so. they will raise a banner that says uh, 2022. There'll be shirts and rings. <laughs> no, no doubt about it. And in this case, it'll be well-deserved. It's not a ranking thing. It'll be a, a record thing. Absolutely. Uh, before we look back at the at the three-game losing streak, which mostly had to do with Todd and Teo's injury, let's look back to that Georgia State ball game because that was going in the wrong direction fast. Georgia State didn't have one, but they had two 20-point leads. Uh, and yet it was Georgia State having to score a touchdown uh, and try for a two-point conversion. They scored the touchdown, didn't get the two-point conversion. I mean, what a what a unbelievable ball game. And, you know, I thought that Georgia State and Southern Miss, and I hate to use this term, but I will, get more schizophrenic teams that we've had. You just don't know what you're going to get uh, from game to game. And with Georgia State's situation, you don't know what they're going to get from half to half. That was – how was that ca- game to call? Because at one point you're talking, all right, well, this game is over at halftime. And then – JMU comes out and scores four straight touchdowns to begin the second half. Yeah, it was pretty thrilling. And we had seen it, obviously, when, when James Madison rallied against Appalachian State earlier in the season. So you're oh, thinking, right. well, can they, do the, can they do this again? You know, yeah. I mean, that, that's almost kind of a once-in-a-lifetime, once once-in-a-season type thing. But, um, you know, they had played fairly well. It was just turnovers that killed them in, in that football game. They gave up two defensive touchdowns. The offense fumbled twice, and, and Georgia State scored two defensive touchdowns. So they actually had outgained them, almost outplayed them in the first half, but they're down 20. So you're thinking, well, if, if they can get a quick score out of the locker room, maybe they can do something. And then the defense got a three and out. They got that quick score, another three and out. And it just kind of snowballed in a hurry. Georgia State really, they, they couldn't do anything offensively. And um, the Dukes offense, even though it had turned the ball over and there were a couple of turnovers on special teams as well, the defense had played really well. 
It's the best rushing offense in the conference in Georgia State, and it's the best rushing defense in the conference in James Madison. And they end up with – they had 48 yards going into the final drive where they scored the touchdown where they needed the two-point conversion to tie it. So you felt pretty good that the defense was going to kind of contain them most of the day, and they did. They did a great job, forced a bunch of three and out. I think it was three in a row um, to start the second half, and then got a turnover as well that was huge. And then the offense finally found its rhythm. So um, you, you kind of had a sense that they might come back and would have a chance to make a game of that just because of how they had played. You didn't figure they'd turn over five times again in the second half like they did in the first half. So, um, And then Todd got going off offensively as well. They had some big explosive plays in the passing game. And, um, I mean, Georgia State with nine first downs. They had 40 points and right. nine first downs. That doesn't right. happen very often. So, no. obviously, turnovers were a big factor in the game. So, JMU dominated the game for the most part. But turnovers, that can be the equalizer sometimes. Unfortunately, the Deuce overcame that. Uh, well, let's talk about that more. So let's talk about the, that three-game losing streak. We're talking to Dave Reichardt on Lockdown Sunbelt, the voice of the JMU uh, Dukes. Did they get a little cocky when they got ranked 25th? Obviously, a coach is always going to be, well, paranoid is probably the right word because coaches are incredibly <laughs> paranoid. Uh, some of the most paranoid per people uh, ever are college football coaches. Uh, but Todd Senteo threw three interceptions uh, in that ball game against Georgia Southern. That's very on Todd Senteo. Like, he's very careful with the football for the most part. He is, and, and turnovers were an issue during that stretch. And I don't think they got too cocky. I know Coach Signetti said a few times that when he looks back at that week, he he, he wishes he maybe was was trying – he sharpened them up a little bit. Um, there was so much talk about them after being ranked 25th in the country and everything like that. But like, they had over 600 yards of offense. So it's not like they, they didn't play well offensively. It was just the turnovers, again, that killed them. Now, defensively, they had been number one in the conference and one of the best in the country at that point in time. And then Van Treese and the Georgia Southern offense lit them up. I mean, they they did they couldn't stop. He threw for 600 yards. I mean, there were over 1,200 yards of offense in that game. It was a it was a phenomenal game. But JMU scores to go up 14 nothing early in that game. They're going to score again, and then they throw an interception at the goal line. So it, it could have been 21 nothing. If it's mm. 21 nothing, that's probably not a game. You, you never know. Right, again, the right, Dukes have rallied right. from 20-plus point deficits this season twice. So you, you never know with especially what Van Treese and that offense were doing. But um, when you get down 21 nothing right away, it probably changes things. But the interception turns into points, and then it, it just it was kind of back and forth in, in a wild game um, that, that both teams really couldn't be stopped. And then the next week against Marshall, Tots and Tail gets, gets hurt and isn't able to play. And, and, and Billy Atkins, a redshirt freshman, throws four interceptions in the game. Um, they, led, they led early in that game, 12 to three, and, and we're playing okay. But, you know, they just they, they couldn't overcome the turnovers without Tots and Tail. The offense just was anemic. And you know how good the Marshall defense is. And with a backup mm, quarterback, right. they just couldn't do much. Um, and, and then against Louisville, Louisville is, is what they are. I mean, they just beat NC State this past weekend. The only loss that they've had here in the last four, four or five games is, is at Clemson. So they're playing really well right now with Lee Cunningham and that team. And, and JMU, despite not playing well in the second half, I mean, they were, they were leading 10-7 with two minutes to go in the first half. So they were in the game, but at that point they had some injuries and they, they just couldn't sustain. That's the one thing that they don't have right now is the depth. That they're getting a lot of those guys back, and they have a lot of those guys back for the last couple of weeks. And that's part of why they're playing better. But they were really banged up against Marshall and against against Louisville, and they just don't have the depth right now. In their first year in the transition, they just their front line guys can play with anybody, I think, but their backups probably can't. And and they were recruited to an FCS program, and that's that it is what it is. So they just don't have the depth behind some other starters, and I think that did show up, especially in the second half against Louisville when they had one first down. So it, it that that three game stretch was hard, but 
it, it, there's reasons why it happened. And now you're kind of seeing that they're kind of back to normal because they're getting healthier and they're not turning the ball over as much except the first half against Georgia State. Yeah, you don't usually get what Kurt Signetti did following that Louisville ball game. He just said, we got out, out muscled. We, we got out physical. Uh, he's like, people may not want to hear that, but that's what happened. And maybe they <laughs> learned something a little bit about the program uh, as as well and, and how they need to recruit uh, moving forward, not only to compete in the Sun Belt, but when you do get some of those Power 5 teams that maybe you can compete with. Yeah, no question. I think they knew that. I think that was more to the fans. Hey, hey, listen, JMU Nation, um, we may not have the depth that we're going to have at some point in time, and that's part of the reason that this jump up is so hard for a lot of teams, just because you don't have the depth that you want early in your transition to the FBS. So um, I, I think he was – he didn't get too down. The team didn't get too down during that stretch because I think that they're pretty realistic. They understand what, what it's all about and, and what they need to do to be competitive week in, week out. And, and they just don't have the depth, and they were pretty honest about that. Okay, let's take a time out. We will be back with more of our conversation with Dave Reichert, the voice of the JMU Dukes. What does Coach Kurt Signetti do with all of this success? Does he stay at JMU, or does he entertain some potential Power 5 offers? We'll be back after this. You're listening to Lockdown Sunbelt, your team every day. Today's episode of Lockdown Sunbelt is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer and esports. We've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Talking to Dave Reichert from uh, JMU, the voice of uh, the Dukes. All right, let's talk about uh, Coach uh, Signetti. Uh, you know, again, if they beat Coastal, even if they don't beat Coastal, they've had a great year. But if they do beat Coastal, they will be the, the Sun Belt Eastern champs. Uh, I would presume he's going to get a look from a Power 5 school somewhere along the way. Uh, Jamie Chadwell, maybe Kane Womack. We'll, we'll see what happens. John Summerall. I mean, these guys usually get plucked. Uh, is there any talk about them, about him staying? You know, him, he's a little lip, a bit like my guy Dino Babers. They're not exactly spring chickens anymore, right? He's not a 45-year-old no up-and-coming coach, so he may enjoy where he is. Uh, and, you know, he has a nice life in Harrisonburg. From my sense, and I haven't talked to him about that, and he's not worried about that, but from just my sense and talking to him that the, the two years that I've been here is that he really likes it here. He, he loves – he loves where he's at. He loves the program. He loves the brand that James Madison is. And he's 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 from he's from Pennsylvania. Um, he, he was at West Virginia. He's been at Pitt. He's been around here. And I think uh, if someone came calling like a Pittsburgh where he's spent a lot of his time and his dad spent a lot of time at West Virginia, something like that, if they came calling, maybe um, I could see a potential move. But I don't I don't see him going anywhere. I really don't. And, and as you mentioned, it's not like he is a, a 45-year-old up-and-coming coach. He's he's right. he's a he's an older coach and, and he's pretty content where he's at. He likes having this this challenge of making this transition from the FCS to the FBS. Um, I think he's he's pretty pretty content. I, he just signed an extension in the offseason, and I think that's a legitimate extension where he wants to be here. He wants to build this to what it can be at the FBS level. So I don't see him going anywhere. I really don't. Um, I think he's pretty content and, and pretty happy here in Harrisonburg. Now, one of those teams, Pitt, is probably not going to have an opening. The other one right. in West Virginia probably <laughs> is. So that could be, you know, my ears and eyes perked up when you said that. That could be a little bit interesting. You never know. His dad was there. He was there. Um, so you never know. But um, I think he's pretty happy at James. 
At the same time, I would think that West Virginia fans were like, you're not going to go get another coach out of the Sun Belt, are you? Right? They would overre- <laughs> right. Would they overreact to that? That would be a problem. No, they would overreact to that. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> Talking to Dave Reichert, uh, voice of the JMU Dukes. All right, let's talk about this Coastal Carolina uh, matchup. You know, in yesterday's lockdown Sun Belt, you know, a lot of people – I will, in fact, let's go back to when Grayson McCall got hurt. I probably overreacted to, are they now going to lose the East? Are they going to not play – uh, you know, a home game in the in the uh, Sun Belt Championship, and before they even kicked off uh, in that ball game against Southern Miss, they had already technically clinched the spot in the Sun Belt Championship, right? Uh, because Georgia State lost to ULM and ODU lost, uh, and they just keep on winning. They don't have a whole lot of double digit wins, but you know, they they almost blew. They did blow a seventeen point lead to Southern Miss. They almost blew a game to App State, uh, and you know, they it needed a leaping a touchdown to beat Georgia Southern. So despite not being dominant as they had been in the past, and now everyone's gunning for them, uh, they just keep on uh, keep on winning. They got a lot of win and move ons there, and a lot of win and move ons means nine and one overall, and just six and one in uh, the Sun Belt. Well, and, and Coach Chadwell's done a, a heck of a job there, obviously, and a lot of people have talked about James Madison and, and their transition, and a lot of the coaches at the Sun Belt Media Days were talking about, oh, they'll be fine because they have a winning culture. Well, Coach Chadwell has built the winning culture there, and that's why you see all of these close wins. And no matter who's a quarterback or who's playing this position or who's what or who, who graduated or left last year, because they lost a lot of talented guys off right. of last year's right. team. I mean, and, they and, I mean they, they, they're a much different team this year than what they were a year ago. And to go nine and one and do what they've done and have some adversity that they've had is pretty incredible. So, and and folks kind of forget that Coastal, what they've done the last few years. When they first made the transition, they were not good. I mean, they were under uh, no, 500 no. for three or four years. I mean, right, so right. so Coach Chadwell is, has built that winning culture. So they expect to win. So these are two programs that expect to win. And that's the one – I think that's the, the, the neat thing about JMU coming into this league is there's a lot of programs like that. The App States of the world. I mean, uh, Marshall, uh, Coastal, the Georgia schools expect to win. Louisiana, I mean, South, I mean, you can go down the list of, of teams in the Sun Belt that expect to win – every single day and you you heard some coaches be like we need to get our program there well coastal's there and and i don't they're not going to deviate they do some different things offensively than what most teams do i know coach signetti said this week that this is going to be one of their biggest challenges defensively to try and stop this offense even without grayson mccall if he doesn't play uh, which we don't expect him to but um coach chad will have some different things that they they game plan and maybe they'll they'll run both their quarterbacks out there but they've got explosive guys and jared brown and, and pinky coming over from georgia state so um They've got a stable of running backs that are very talented. Their defensive line is disruptive and can cause havoc. So I think this is going to be a, just a hell of a football game on Saturday. I think these will two, be two teams desperate to finish out the season the right way. And there's a lot of line for both teams. There really is. Yeah, I think maybe JMU jumped to the uh, Sun Belt and FBS is more along the lines of App State than Coastal Carolina. Yeah. No uh, question. And, and the way they are. You know, kind of, you know, there have been three teams uh, lately that have led the Sun Belt. The Cajuns in the West, App State, and Coastal. Those are kinds of been the teams. Uh, before that, it was Troy. Um, but now it's kind of, you know, JMU is over there. And it's, it'll be really interesting on how you build on this season moving forward. And that's the one thing that's going to be interesting because um, this team has a lot of seniors. 
I mean, they lost like mm. 26 seniors a year ago. They're 16 on this team, but they're losing Todd Santeo, who was here for a year, their quarterback. They're losing Percy J. Obese, one of the best running backs in the history of Jamie football. They're losing Chris Thornton on, on, on as a wideout, one of the best receivers ever in the history of Jamie football. Isaac Uku, defensive end. Uh, Jamari Edwards up front. I mean, they're losing a lot of really talented seniors. Um, so they they will certainly have to have some guys step up next year. And I think it'll be kind of a similar situation going in to next year is who's going to step up and, and, and how how will they be in the in year number two? Sometimes year one, it's all sunshine and roses and everything's great. But now when you start to get into the grind of it all and trying to get that roster where you want to, there's going to be a lot of roster turnover because they're going to lose a lot of good players off of this year's team. It's a veteran team that, that has really kind of gelled together more than any that I've, I've seen. So this this offseason will be interesting to see kind of where they go and if they use the portal a lot or, or how they do oh, that. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, their recruiting class right now, they've got some stars next to some players' names, which in the past they didn't. And again, at the FCS, there's not really stars next to guys' names, but they're right. getting some – they love the recruit, recruiting class that they have. Um, they were able to just just um, get a commitment from a, a former North Dakota State wide receiver that, that was really, really talented. So – um, it'll be interesting to see how they how the roster does change from now in, until when they kick it off next year. Well, th- I was going to say that because South Alabama only has five commits, you know, recruiting wise. Mm-hmm. He is going to use the portal. He used the portal last year. He used the portal to uh, do a better job in the offensive line uh, as well as the running, running back room. Does Kurt Signetti use the portal? Because, I, you know, I don't think there's that thing where, you know, you got to go through a recruiting class, uh, you know, for four or five years before you turn around a program. It's now two or three. You know, certain guys like, you know, well, Kurt Signetti or Kane Womack or Brian Kelly with LSU or Josh Heupel are ruining it to, for other guys that we not, <laughs> we're not we're not waiting for four or five years anymore. If you're not competing at the highest levels in two years, you know, you're on you're on the hot seat. Well, I think that's the day and age of college football. I mean, even Alabama, a lot of their guys, they're 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 going to the portal. I mean, so it, it's it's everybody that is using the transfer portal now, and I think you have to in this day and age. It's just it's the reality of college football. So I think you know they kind of they hit they they swung and missed quite a bit in the portal a year ago. They had mm. they had three ACC guys transfer in for their first year, at James Madison. None of them made it to fall camp or made it to fall camp or didn't make it to the beginning of the season. So wow. there's a lot of guys that they swung and missed on last year that didn't work out in the portal. That's what some people don't forget. They only have about probably five guys that, that were transfers from the portal that have made a, a big impact. And they've been, made a really big impact, especially Todd Santeo. Um, but you've got to get the right guys. And, and if, if you do miss on the portal, that's a problem because you need those guys to usually step in right away and be difference makers for you if, if they're older guys. But they'll have to use the portal some. Um, they really love their recruiting class. They've got some young guys on the roster. But I think I think in this day and age, you're going to have to use the portal. I don't think you can you can depend on it. I think you can add pieces to your roster, fill some needs on your roster. But if you depend on the portal every single season, you're not going to have sustained success. And, and that's what Coach Signetti knows. He wants to have sustained success and do that with his high school recruits that are here for three, four years. And, and they've done a great job of, of – having a ton of those guys that they develop over time and know the culture, know, know how to win and that type of stuff. So they'll use the portal to, to their advantage, but they're not going to lean on it real heavy where they bring in 15 to 20 or even 24 like Marshall did this past season. All right, one more break. We'll be back and uh, wrap up our conversation with Dave Reichert. What kind of facilities does JMU have? Do they need an upgrade since they've upgraded from FCS to FBS? 
and we will preview their big matchup with Coastal Carolina. You're listening to Lockdown Sunbelt, your team every day. All right, back on Lockdown Sunbelt, your team every day. I'm your host, Dave Schultz. We're talking with JMU Duke's radio broadcaster, Dave Riker. How much a facilities upgrade have they had or have they already done to compete at the FBS level? I think the one thing that they would really need now is an indoor facility. Um, they've got like a half field that was put together a few years ago, but they don't have a true indoor facility. That's the one thing that they really need. Their facilities are outstanding. Um, but, I mean, they're they're on par with most of the Sun Belt. But they just don't have an indoor facility. Um, and, and it's probably – they'd probably use it most in the off-season, in their off-season workouts and stuff like that. During the season, they don't have to use it a whole lot. But that's the one thing I think they're missing is a, a, a fabulous indoor facility. So many teams have it. I came from the Division II level, and there were a ton of teams at the Division II level that have a, a tremendous right. indoor facility that they can go into at all, at all times when the weather's bad or they just have other other, other teams trying to, to use it too. So um, that's the one thing they really need. The facilities are great, and they want to upgrade Bridgeforth and maybe – Maybe add ten to fifteen thousand to it to make it thirty-five oh. to forty thousand at some oh. point. I think I think that's yeah. down the road, um, but twenty-five is about right at this level. And, and so we'll see if that's down the road. But those are the things um, I think on the horizon that they'll, they'll try and upgrade at some point. I'd sell out, you know, years and years at twenty-five thousand, but and put a little yeah. demand on the tickets before I need to jump in <laughs> at at forty thousand. That's what they're doing. You know, not not to yep, throw some that's shade. What they're but- doing. But go look at the Louisiana Raging Cajuns uh, stadium. It's no, not no nearly question. as filled as it once was. And I think their plans are actually to make it smaller, to make it more intimate, like kind of like South Alabama, uh, who's got a yep. good stadium. All right, let's wrap it up here with Dave Reichert, voice of the JMU Dukes. Let's preview this Coastal Carolina and JMU football game. I would presume JMU is going into this thinking they got to score somewhere between 30 and 40 points to win. Yeah, I think they can. I think they feel like they can slow them down a little bit and, and maybe mm. keep them in the twenties. But um, especially if McCall's not playing, it does change. I mean, they, they, they've struggled a little bit offensively, but they've got some big time playmakers. I mean, you saw that uh, a couple weeks ago in their victory. Obviously, they didn't play this past weekend as they were scheduled to play Virginia. But um, as Coach mentioned, they just do a lot of different things than other teams do. So it's it's something that they really haven't seen this year. And, and sometimes you don't really know. And Coach Chadwell has, is a great offensive mind where. He's probably put some wrinkles in now having a backup quarterback, having a week off. There, there's probably a lot of things that JMU probably hasn't seen that they'll they'll see on Saturday so that there will be some adjustments to the defense. But I, I, I think this offense is going to be able to score. The coastal defense has, has been solid, and they've got some playmakers on that side. But I just feel like this, this JMU offense is clicking really well right now. Todd Santeo has been phenomenal the last two weeks. And, and I think that continues. I think they're going to be able to score points. I, I think it'll be a fairly high scoring football game, but this should be a lot of fun. Um, I, I think James Madison is in a good spot right now and they're, they're pretty motivated. They want to end this season the right way since they can't go to a bowl game. Uh, Dave Riker's favorite Thanksgiving dish. You know, I just love a good moist turkey, to be honest with you. I just <laughs> give, give me, give me turkey and mashed potatoes, man. I, well, the rest of the stuff, the rest of the stuff, I'll, I'll eat it, but, Right. Give me a give me a bunch of turkey and mashed potatoes. I had no idea there's a diff- there was no difference between stuffing and dressing. And apparently dressing is the southern version of stuffing. I had no idea. Oh. Mark Barron, Mark Barron, former NFLer and Alabama Crimson Tider and local St. Paul's High School in Mobile. He says he eats just cornbread stuffing dress or cornbread oh. uh, dressing. And I had no idea what that was. 
Uh, I, apparently, I didn't know either. Yeah, I didn't know what it is. Stuffing <laughs> and dressing is the same thing, uh, Southern vernacular. Uh, Dave Reichert from uh, JMU, the voice of the Dukes. Really appreciate you coming on uh, during the holidays. Uh, locked on Sunbelt. Uh, best of luck to JMU. It should be a heck of a ball game against Coastal Carolina. Thank you so much. Should be fun. Thank you, Dave. Appreciate it as always. All right, thanks very much to the voice of the JMU Dukes, Dave Reichert, for hopping on Locked On Sunbelt. Thank you very much for listening and wishing you and yours a very happy Thanksgiving. We'll have an episode on Friday. We will preview the final regular season, uh, the final week of the regular season, uh, coming up with those big ball games. Troy trying to clinch the West. South Alabama trying to stay in the West. And some teams still trying to go bowling. You got Southern Miss, uh, Louisiana, Georgia Southern, and App State. And, of course, that big matchup in the East, JMU and Coastal Carolina. Once again, I am your host, Dave Schultz, and you've been listening to Lockdown Sunbelt, your team every day.